Good morning and welcome to Waypoint Church. However you are engaging with this this morning, whether it be online, whether it be on YouTube, whether it be on a, on a podcast, whether it not be this morning, it could be this afternoon or this evening, whenever it is, uh, you are very warmly welcome. Uh, actually quite wetly welcome because it's been raining a lot the last few days here. Um, but uh, it's great that you're able to tune in with us. I hope for those of you that have been on holiday or going on holiday, you have a lovely time and get a chance to relax and recuperate as well. So today, um, I guess the talk that I'll be bringing to you a bit later on is um, something that I feel like God's been placing, I guess, on my heart for a few weeks. I think being in lockdown has kind of, I guess, brought out some of these real strong uh, thoughts and ideas that I've been praying a lot about. And, and I think a lot of people kind of maybe struggle with these sort of things. So I won't say any more. I'll let you uh, continue on and listen to the talk uh, a bit later on. But it's always good, isn't it, first of all, just to spend time um, giving this time to God. We know that he's present. We know that he's with us right now. We know that when we worship him and however we worship him, it brings praise and worth to him. Um, if you uh, are one of the church family uh, members, then you, you will have a link and you can um, pause me right now or you can use that link to, to worship along to our playlist at the time or you might have your own worship, that's cool. Um, but we're gonna in a minute hand over to um, our worship team and they will lead us in uh, some worship as well. Uh, I think actually this week it might be me doing the worship as well, which is a little bit, sorry about that, it's a lot, a lot of me this week, apologies for that. Um, but it's always good to pray, so let's pray and uh, give this time to God and uh, then we'll carry on. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your incredible love for us. Thank you for your incredible uh, sacrifice that you gave in Jesus. Thank you for your life-giving spirit the holy spirit we just um we pray right now the holy spirit you will just be really um really tangible as we worship you as we lift our praises to you as we think about you think on you your your glories as well lord i pray that um i pray that it just brings a um an incredible smile to your face and lord as we hear from the word later on, Lord, the message, uh, Lord, I pray that again, your spirit will be working in any other way that you can work. Come Holy Spirit, I pray. Do your thing. Amen. A reading taken from Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 to 19. Saul's conversion. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men travelling with Saul stood there, speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind 
and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple called Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority from the chief priests to arrest all who can call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and the, their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who has appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptised and after taking some food, he regained his strength. So I've got a car story to share with you. And some of you are already laughing because you know that myself and cars don't go particularly well together. I can confirm that this is not a speeding ticket confession. I've not had one of those for a long time, which my bank balance thanks me for and my marriage definitely thanks me for. Um, this is not a car being stolen story, which is great, or a car blowing up story, which is fantastic. This is a story that happened about 20 years ago. And that's when I learned to drive, which is crazy. Uh, it was in my first ever lesson with a driving instructor and he explained to me about blind spots. I had no idea what blind spots were um, and he went on to explain that blind spots are basically areas of the road that are concealed. So whether you look through the front of your, your, your car or in your wing mirrors, you still don't necessarily have a full picture of what's going on around you and obviously that means if there's areas that are concealed that means there could be potential dangerous things that are in those areas perhaps dangerous to yourself or dangerous to um, the person or the car or the cyclist that might be in your blind spots. I remember thinking at this point do you know public transport isn't that bad uh, I could just get a bus the rest of my life or I could just fix that puncture on my bike and cycle but I carried on I carried on. He went on to explain a few more things for me, which is that there are pillar blind spots as well. So areas in your car that even if you check your shoulders, you can't necessarily have the full picture because of where the door meets the, the boot kind of thing as well. And so it's really, really, really important that you do all your checks before you pull away. At this point, I think I just had like a mini explosion somewhere um, and uh, meltdown. And then he just very calmly said to me, so if you'd like to pull away from the curb, we can carry on. And at this point, I think I just froze for about 10 minutes um, and then began to slowly kind of check my, my mirrors, my interior mirror, my shoulders. I think I did that about 20 times just to make sure that I had every single possible angle covered. And eventually I drove off at about five miles an hour for the whole of that particular lesson. 
But those things, they stick with you, right? They stick with you. They, they should do because blind spots means that there's potential danger to yourself and potentially to people around you as well. So whenever you get in the car, if you're able to drive, it's important to check your shoulders, check your mirrors, everything else, and to get that fuller picture. Apparently a lot of driving tests fail because people don't check their blind spots. I remember in my, my second ever car, I bought these kind of attachable um, blind spot mirrors, little black triangular things that you put off the back, second one in your wing mirrors, give you a slightly different angle so you can see in your wing mirrors, maybe some a, a bigger picture. Modern cars tend to have kind of slightly angled wing mirrors anyway, or you might see convex mirrors on the side of the road that you can helps you to see around a corner. Or if you're like me, you have a family that very much will scream at you. Um, if you're driving down a one-way system again the wrong way, doesn't happen. Um, but they'll let me know quite often. They kind of act as, I guess, blind spot mirrors um, about, you know, if I've done something wrong, uh, which is great. Um, anyway, it got me thinking a lot about um, how similar that can be, I guess, to our life. If our life is a journey, how often we can set off um, perhaps each day going about our daily routine, whatever it might be. And there's areas that are concealed to us, perhaps things that um, are dangerous to ourselves or perhaps dangerous to other people. It might be that we have a, quite a, um, a private destructive behaviour or habit that we've got that no one else knows about. Um, it might be that we don't see it as being a particularly bad thing, but that's a blind spot. It might be that you, the way that you interact with other people is, is a bit sharp sometimes, or perhaps not particularly loving. And actually, that's your blind spot. And you might not be aware of it, but other people are definitely aware of it. It might also be that some of these things in your blind spots are things that are really um, detrimental to your walk with Jesus. They are creating this kind of obstacle in your closeness in relationship with with Jesus and we all have them right we all have these blind spots we can't pretend just because we know oh, no, you know well I, you know I'm quite aware I'm quite self-aware I know what I'm like I know how other people perceive me then you're fooling yourself a little bit the bible in 1 John 6 8 says if we say we have fellowship with God but we continue living in darkness we are liars and do not follow the truth goes on to say if we say we have no sin we are fooling ourselves and the truth is not in us. We need to acknowledge that we have blind spots. Most of the time, those blind spots, we won't be fully aware of. We'll just be going about our normal day, normal life, thinking, well, that thing that I do isn't too bad, or perhaps the way that I interact with other people isn't too bad. But they will be blind spots there, areas that are in darkness. And But some of us, I think maybe we are slightly aware of our blind spots, what's in the mirror when we check it. Um, but we kind of act a bit foolishly, like it says about it, because we kind of just justify our behaviour. We we dampen it down. It doesn't matter too much. You know, it's fine that I act like that. It's fine that I do this privately. Um, and so you kind of you kind of just defend that. You defend yourself a lot more. Um, have you ever driven down the road, right? Have you driven down the road and you should have probably stopped behind all some you know parked cars. You can see a car down the other side end of the road coming down and anyway you just pull out anyway you know you're going to annoy that car you know you have to do the awkward head down don't look at the other cars you go past it when you get there but you are committed to being right there's you know there's nothing wrong with what i've just done even though you know strictly probably there was something wrong with it uh you get past the car and you just kind of awkwardly just miss their glance but we all do it don't we in life we all have things that we're like no you know that's fine that's just who i am other people have to deal with it um but it's not great they aren't great um, behaviours to have like that and you know our desire should become more Christ-like and not have areas that are in darkness that we're not prepared to tackle. Uh, I came across this really interesting thing called the false consensus effect which is 
in essence, this kind of cognitive bias, I suppose, where you believe the way that you act and the principles and the values that you've got should be shared and agreed with, um, agreed by everyone else around you. So what you do is totally fine. Um, and everyone else should just get on board with that and should back you up on that and everything else. But the danger with that is, if then we come up against perhaps differing opinions or someone challenges us in some way, um, or we read something that really challenges our behaviours, we kind of like, we do our best to kind of fool ourselves maybe a little bit or not want to approach it. We end up being a kind of like this weird echo chamber. We just surround ourselves by like-minded people that, um, that enable us to continue really not tackling those blind spots, those areas that really should be tackled. And that's the dangerous thing. If we don't tackle these blind spots, we don't know them. If we're not prepared to acknowledge them a little bit more in our lives, they can end up being... Um, growing really ungodly kind of habits in us that if we don't tackle them soon it could be years and years and years and years and years and eventually we just that's just that's just who we are right those things become like strongholds i believe where the enemy gets in and um, uses them and like you know perhaps if you struggle with um, unforgiveness or pride or anger or judgmental um, spirit or that kind of stuff as well it could be that actually there's that kind of blind spot in your life that you're not prepared to really tackle. The Ephesians says, do not give the devil an opportunity. If we aren't careful, our blind spots become spaces where we give the enemy an opportunity to build and build and build and build things in our lives that perhaps aren't great at all. And we can open the door to and keep the door open to spiritual attack. And that's really what I want us to think about today. What are some of the blind spots that we know about or perhaps we don't know about? How can we counter them actively every single day. Now, a blind spot in the Bible isn't ever talked about, right? The word blind spot is not mentioned, but the principle is often mentioned in scripture. There could have been a few different passages that I chose to look at, but I want to look at um, this particular passage, an interaction between uh, two people, I think, because it's something that we can pull some, pull some stuff from. So Saul, before he becomes Paul, um, is this kind of, I guess, a terrorist in the sense that he is going around imprisoning early believers, having them killed as well. But he was sincerely going about his normal routine, going about what he believed was right. OK, his actions were fine. His routine was fine. His values, his principles were fine. He was traveling with his cohorts who had exactly the same principles and values. OK, um, and then he has this incredible moment where God kind of just makes him blind. And so often I think that we... We perhaps go about our normal routine, like I said, that we just want people around us who think like us, who agree with everything that we do, or perhaps aren't prepared to challenge us, um, that kind of thing. And that's the situation that Saul was finding himself in. Anyway, so he has this blind spot and it's a giant barrier. And this is the thing that I think is really significant. This is a giant barrier to what God wants to do in Saul's life. And that is for Saul to step into God's kingdom plan for him. So he stepped in, didn't he? God stepped in, I said it a moment ago, in a very dramatic way, very lasting way as well, in the sense that he was blind for three days. You know, he was going down the road on Damascus with his cohorts and God stepped in. And then God steps in again and sends him Ananias. And Ananias goes to Saul and he prays with him and Saul is filled with the spirit and he gets baptised as well. And something like scales, it says, isn't it, falls from his eyes, he's able to see. What I find incredible is as a result of one man's blind spot being revealed and being healed, you know, we 
we are benefited from that moment. 2,000 years later, we are still reading, you know, millions of Christians later, we are read, we have read and we are still reading these, these words that Paul, who was Saul, um, had written down for Christians to follow, to follow God's word. I think that's incredible, all because one blind spot had been revealed and healed. Now, I know that this passage is quite sensational uh, and it's quite um, a dramatic and specific kind of, I guess, example of blind spots. But I do think there's a couple of things that we can pull out from this passage that we can apply to our lives. And I kind of want to see them as kind of those, the attachable blind spot mirrors that I spoke about earlier. Imagine the two things are the, or you can stick them onto the wing mirrors of your life and they both are geared around the significance of encounter. Encounter is significant when it comes to having your blind spots in your life revealed, and I believe going on to be healed as well. The first one is encountering Jesus. So in order for a blind spot, for, for Saul's blind spot to be revealed, he had to encounter Jesus, because only Jesus has the power to shine a light into the darkness and on our foolishness sometimes, and to transform our blind spots. And the cool thing is, if you're watching or listening to this, wherever it might be, and you are a believer that you believe in Jesus, you don't need to have that kind of Damascus Road crazy experience, right? Because you already have the secret that lives within you. Christ lives within you. It says that in Colossians. He lives within you. He's been given to you and you've been received the Holy Spirit, right? You've received the Holy Spirit that it convicts and guides and prods and prompts and just keeps you on the straight and narrow if you give space for the Spirit to work that way. Some of you, perhaps when you hear the Spirit working in your life, you it's a bit nerve-wracking. You think, what's it going to be like? It's a crazy miracle type thing. Is it going to be like really intense emotions? Often my experience of the Spirit convicting me, prodding me, speaking to me, guiding me, is just a kind of gentle, unassuming whisper over time, as long as I'm prepared to give space to the Spirit to speak to me. So you can't reproduce the character of Christ that lives within you just through goodwill or sorry, through willpower or through, you know, a New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve resolution. You know, just got to try harder. It's got to try harder. I've just got to be a better Christian. I've just got to kind of work harder at this. You've got to give it to God and allow the spirit to reveal and heal and make those changes necessary in your life. Because if you don't, the way that I look at it is our blind spots are possibly areas in our lives where the fruit of the spirit is not being seen. They're not being seen. So you may have unforgiveness growing rather than forgiveness. You may be particularly cold when it comes to people. So there's no real love in that, right? It might be that you, behind closed doors, you've got some quite destructive um, habits and patterns and, of behavior. And so uh, willpower isn't particularly strong. Your self-control isn't particularly strong in that area. And so actually by revealing our blind spots, we're able to shine a light and give space for the fruit of the Spirit to grow in our lives. Philippians 2.13 says, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. About eight years ago, uh, in the old youth room, in the other building, in the old building, uh, in our old building, if you're, if you're not aware of, of, of our church, uh, up on the wall, we had this, I had this palm tree drawn. I, I had this, I thought it was a genius idea to have different psalms written on the palm tree leaves. And I was going to call it a psalm tree, right? I know you're thinking, wow, what a genius. Yeah, on one of these leaves, um, branches, if you like, I, I had the Psalm 139, 139 verses 23 to 24 written on it. And um, 
I couldn't write it because I'm rubbish at art and there's some awesome young people that were great at art and they did it for me. Um, and it says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We actually did like a little mini series with the young people at that time. Um, we did some classic Bible memory verse things going on as well to help them kind of get that in their heads. And then for some of them, we actually wrote it down and gave them on cards so they could go away and pray that particular verse over themselves. So I thought I'd do it as well. So I did that. And over a period of a few months, God began to reveal in me um, some very destructive character characteristics, I suppose. And as he continued to kind of minister to me and, and reveal these things to me, um, it became quite apparent that a lot of this stuff came from a place of insecurity. And so from a place of insecurity came these things like needing to control situations or control people sometimes right and sometimes there was a positive spin on that in the sense that you know I had a bit of a savior complex going on at the time where if a young person needed help I'd be like right you've got, you got to do this you've got to do this this has got to happen and like try and manage it all and got really emotionally invested in lots of different things um, but it, it kind of crossed many boundaries it started to impact my family as well um, impact my relationship with Abby a lot and I, I realized as that was happening that it needed to be properly tackled this thing uh, I was continuing to pray this God, search, so pray this 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 psalm, search me, O oh God, see if there's any wicked way in me, right? And then eventually, I thought I need to I need to get some proper help for this. So I went for counselling, and uh, my counsellor was amazing, and uh, he helped me understand myself a lot more, where the insecurity came from, talking about identity as well, uh, enabled me to kind of um, put in some really healthy habits uh, in terms of pulling back um, from certain things, creating a lot stronger boundaries as well. The point is, when I gave space for the spirit to reflect things back to me like a like a blind spot mirror, he revealed things that were hard, right? They were hard to admit, they were hard to, to tackle, and they took a long time to really kind of, I guess, pull that stuff out of my life. But it was essential, it was essential for, for that, that kind of, that blind spot, that concealed area in my life um, that was affecting other people and that was affecting me as well, to, to have a light shine on it. It was so important. And that was all because of the encounter with Jesus, right? The Holy Spirit. So can I just challenge you? Give space every day, every day, if you can, to, to encounter Jesus, to encounter God, to encounter the Holy Spirit. He lives within you. He has something to say to you. He's got things he wants to reveal to you. The second thing I want to say is um, is about encountering people. So the people in your life are there for a reason. The people in your life are there for a reason. There's no coincidences with the people that are in your life. You'll have people in your life that have something significant to reveal to you. You may not always like it. You may not always agree with it, but they could be playing a significant role in revealing your blind spot. They could be like a blind spot mirror in your life. I'm confident that when Ananias first heard from God and he said, you know what, go and speak to Saul. He thought, what, the guy that probably wants to kill me? Uh, no, thanks. And I'm pretty confident that if God had spoken to Saul in that moment and said, I'm going to send you someone that you hate to come and speak truth into your life, he probably thought no chance. But it was a God anointed conversation that changed so much in that moment. So I guess I want to say to you, the significance of connection is really important. And when I say connection, vulnerable connection, honest connection, I think sometimes we connect with people that are like us uh, and that's a safe bet. Um, 
or we connect with people that perhaps where we just kind of project how our life is and how things are going or we want to protect what we've got or protect our kind of profile because we're, we're worried about what they might think which is totally understandable or we're worried that if we show weakness then they're going to think less of us I don't know but that again comes from a place of insecurity and, and a little bit of selfishness in, in the Bible Philippians 2 3 4 it says do nothing from selfish or empty conceit but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves do not merely look out for your own personal interests but also for the interests of other. And I say, I said that, I think that's, that verse is important because it's about looking out for the interests of others. God may have placed you in someone else's life to speak truth over them and looking out for their interests. You might need to challenge them on something that they're doing. It's a destructive behaviour. Or perhaps the way that they, they behave around other people, you need to say something to them. It's not easy to connect with people in a really honest and vulnerable way because you've often got to give them the warts and all version of your life. But it's the real significant thing about what God wants to do in your life is is when you do that, because he will reveal things to you in your life, your blind spots as well, and be able to bring new fruit into your life. And we may struggle with it. I understand that completely. But I think that we will not walk in the fullness of God's plan and purpose for ourselves as Christians, as followers of Jesus, unless we're prepared to do that. Just like Saul, he, he had to be prepared to face his blind spots. And eventually he began to walk in the fullness of what God had in store for him. I stumbled across this amazing quote um, by an American teacher called um, Beth Moore. And uh, it was really around the idea of Christian leadership. But I think this kind of quote works for, for anyone who follows Jesus. And it says this, Christians who can't be regularly challenged will over time unhinge, right? Who gets to say to us, you're getting bizarre. If we only listen to those who think just like us, we'll never be, we'll never think we are wrong. If you and I can't think of the last time we were wrong, something is really wrong. We're losing our grip of reality. There is significant godly impact in having regular, honest, open conversation with people around you. Work colleagues, friends, family, peers, whatever it might be, that have got full access, that you can trust, that um, will treat you with respect, will 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 love you through it as well. Um, it's so important that those things are in place. It's not easy to do, but are there people in your life right now that you're thinking, you know, they may not be the easiest person to get on with. I may not see eye to eye to them, but they are honest. They will speak truth. I might not always like it, but perhaps that's God trying to do something, reveal a blind spot in my life, the way it enables me to grow more and more like Christ. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. This kind of Old Testament style of iron sharpening iron was you need a different instrument, a different tool to sharpen another tool, right? If you have two of the same tools, nothing really ever gets sharpened. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. I think often if our friends are really honest with us, we we struggle with that sometimes, right? And so we maybe stop talking to them or we shut them out or whatever it is. But actually, it's so important, you know, if, if you're secure enough, a friend is able to be honest with you. So blind spots, how can they be revealed? Through giving the spirit space to speak to us every day, through being honest about that and being prepared to be humble with it as well, through allowing people, uh, giving them permission, you know, and you will need to speak to them and say, do you know what? 
I want to be accountable. I want you to keep me accountable. I want you to challenge me when I'm like this. So I want you to let me tell you about what's going on in my life right now, what I'm doing perhaps behind closed doors or how I'm struggling with something. And be honest, it'll be difficult and allow them to speak truth into your life. Maybe that's what you need to do next. It's over to you. Ask those questions. Do you allow your blind spots to be revealed? If you don't, that's a whole other set of questions. Perhaps you want to pick up that Psalm 139 and, and speak it over yourself. Use that as kind of a prayerful man mantra. Uh, maybe you need to right now text someone, send them a message and go, do you know what, mate? Um, I need you to keep me accountable about something. Um, or perhaps you're thinking, I really need to speak to that person. You know, that's maybe a God anointed thing for you that you need to go speak to them in love, in kindness, in, with grace as well. So imagine daily growing to become more Christ-like by allowing the spirit space as he reveals your, your blind spot. Imagine that transformation going on in you. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it, that these areas that are concealed, that are perhaps causing damage to ourselves, maybe damage to other people, that are causing our relationship with Jesus to kind of falter and, and to I guess stumble sometimes imagine those places being revealed having light shone in them It'd be fantastic would it to see that transformation where new fruit is growing we're stepping into the newness of what God's doing uh, and the plan that he has for our lives yeah it'd be amazing it'd be exciting right let's pray and if you're thinking that's that's me um, receive prayer right now if you're watching this online you can just go to the chat on the side and ask for prayer if you want to send an email through to the church you can and we'd love to connect with you and and chat and pray with you as well um, don't do this alone it's really important to get out of that um, kind of personal echo chamber I suppose where you're just kind of going through these thoughts and not ever really tackling them um, so please do that I'd like to pray for you and then um, we're done yeah Holy Spirit we just um, we just wait on you Holy Spirit, come and shine a light. Minister to us right now. Where there is those thoughts, those 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 acknowledgements in our head that we're thinking that is a weakness of mine or that is something that I do. Lord, I pray that you'll just give us your strength. Your strength to really face them and tackle them. We don't want to be foolish anymore. We don't want to live perhaps in sin anymore we're sorry for those sinful things that we do the way that we treat um, you the way that we treat other people we're sorry and we want to turn away from them but Lord we need more of your spirit fill us with your spirit give us the strength to overcome those things those blind spots in our lives Lord give us confidence perhaps to, to go the next step and to seek perhaps proper help if there's certain things out there that some of us are struggling with, proper help, counselling, whatever it might be. Lord, give us a boldness to deal with this stuff right now. Allow us to be humble enough to hear your voice through your spirit speaking, your word speaking, but also through perhaps those people in our lives. Where usually you would get defensive, Lord, I pray that you will just um, open our eyes, a little, a little like Saul, to what it is you're wanting to do in us. Um, yeah, Father, we just, we give this um, to you. We are yours. We want to become more Christ-like. We want to be able to glorify you in the way that we live. We want to see more of the fruit of your spirit in our lives. And so we look to you continually. We offer ourselves continually. We make time continually to spend time in your presence. Where you refine us, and you grow us, and you challenge us. Thank you, Jesus, for what you will do for yourself and for your kingdom, for your glory. 
and for us as well, Father, your great love for us in your name. Lord Jesus, amen. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for listening. However it is you're engaging, uh, please contact us if you need to and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.